Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Shreds Takes. I'm Mike Shredder. Joining me today is my teammate at Amherst, Riker Vance. He's from Naples, Florida. And we're going to talk about the Miami Heat. We're going to talk about the NBA Finals a little bit. So, Riker, thank you for coming on to the show. Glad to have you on for the first time. Hey, Shred, man, it's, it's, it's a pleasure. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller. So I'm excited, <laughs> to, excited to talk about some basketball today. Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, look, you're, you're a Heat fan, right? Obviously, if people can't tell, he literally has a Heat banner right behind him. Um, he's and a Miami shirt on, yeah. So, obviously, look, great year for the Heat, tough loss in game seven. But I think there's a lot of things you guys can take away or good, good parts of the season, obviously. Um, and I'll ask you about that in a second. But I think for me, at least, I look at it and say, Jimmy Butler has proven that he's an elite level player. I've always been a Jimmy Butler fan, I've always thought he is really underrated. I don't think people respect about how good he is in the playoffs compared to his regular season. I think when you look at the regular season numbers, obviously 21.8 points a game, and then he averages like 28 in the postseason. You know, obviously people don't always, you know, see that, but I think that, you know, look, look there, I think they're one piece away. Um, and I really think that, you know, he had to carry a little too much of a load at the end. I think he did a great job. He has nothing to hang his head about, but I think for Miami, obviously, I think, look, you know, you have Kyle Lowry, he's a little older and he's not always in great um, in, in terms of his health. Um, I think Bam is, is a great third option. I think, you know, cause he's not aggressive all the time, but when he is, he's very good, but he just, he, he consistently, he's great defensively, but offensively he comes and goes i i really i heard about the donna mitchell pitch that people are thinking about um which would be interesting um but i, I but my thing is the, the real point i want to make and then you can jump in and tell me what you think but i i think it proved this year that you know it, it proved to the analysts at least that jimmy butler can lead a team to a championship he can be that number one option um i think a lot of people are saying no he can't and i think that's a that's a lot of bs um <laughs> I, I do just because, I mean, he, they said that then he goes in game six and gets 47. So I want to hear your thoughts about the season. Obviously you're, you're, you follow them a little more closely than I do, but you know, this is a great year for them. And I think it's a big building block in a good direction for their, for their organization. Yeah, no, I completely agree, man. Um, as a Heat fan, I'm very proud of our team. Very happy of how far we went. Uh, a lot of people were doubting us at the beginning of the year. As you said, you really hit the nail on the head uh, saying that Jimmy, Jimmy might be like a one D option. Uh, for a championship level team, but I think this postseason he really just proved that he he can be the number one. Uh, he just needs more of a supporting cast, and as as the, the Miami Heat just have to give him that. Um, I think you made a good point about Bam. Uh, I think he's a, he's a great third option uh, in the NBA. He's an elite defender. Uh, he can go out there and give you twenty and ten on a, any particular night. But he can also go out there and give you like ten and five. So we need someone a bit more consistent in that second player role if we really want to take the next step um, and contend for a title. Um, and I think it was a very similar story to a couple of years ago uh, in the bubble. Jimmy Butler just ran out of gas. Um, and I think if we had made the finals, if we did win game seven against Boston. I think he would have ran out of gas again. I think the Warriors would have just overpowered us. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the Celtics and obviously they're doing well. I know we'll talk about that a little later. So I'm, I'm excited for game two tonight. Um, but yeah, we just need, we just need a little bit more help. I mean, some of the guys, we have a lot of good role players, a lot of we, the Heat have to do a great job of finding uh, undrafted talent um, and really developing guys to become elite players. But we just need one more piece, man. And that if we get if we get that piece, we can, we can really be dangerous. Yeah, I think I think the one thing I have a little bit is in terms of the cap space, it's, it's tough for them right now to go get a big star without trading a bunch of their assets. Yep. Which obviously, look, I know in terms of trading for top players, that's what you have to do anyway. 
but the Kyle Lowry deal, the fact that he got he got a lot of money, and look, I mean, he, he deserves it, right? Kyle Lowry's been a really good player in this league for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had good. He he didn't. He had a pretty bad postseason, I would say overall. Yeah. The game six against Boston, he was fantastic, but you know, obviously, I, the hamstring was bothering him. I think his look. He's he's a lot older now than he was, um, and you know, but you know, I, I, his leadership, his toughness. I, I look. That's that's what Miami is. Yeah. I, but I think that. You know, obviously, people were hinting at maybe MB would want to go play with Jimmy Butler, but that, but, but that's just, I, I think that could eventually happen. I just think that you, if you're Miami, you have to give up so much to get a guy like that, right? And Donovan Mitchell with his contract, there's just a lot. I think I agree that you, I think for next year, it's about trying to build in the draft, get good pieces that you can fit into that Spostra Riley system, and then trying to get, I think, developing more shooters, having Struess develop a little bit more. He had a great year this year. Um, being that role player, I think you keep PJ Tucker because I just just his grit, his toughness, his defensive tenacity, um, and I, I think also Hero's just got to take another step. Um, Hero had a great year as a six man, but in the playoffs he really did fall off. He got injured at the end, um, which was which which was, which was unfortunate. But I think that you know you ha- I think unfortunately due to their cap space, you know you have to would have given up a lot. And I think also they have to find a way to to put Duncan Robinson a little bit more in the rotation. I, I know, de- I know defensively he's a liability, but I, I, I look and I know Struz is a better defender. That's why Struz played more, but Duncan is just a great shooter. And like just spelling minutes with him, just, I think when they did that, they actually had some success because he just, his off ball movement is just better in my opinion than Struz's. Um, but I, look, Struz is an overall better player. hundred percent. Struz can drive to the basket. Struz is a better defender. He's stronger. He's more athletic, but you know, obviously you pay Duncan Robinson $90 million. So, you know, you, and you don't play him. That's just, I think you got to look for guys in, the, in that sort of draft role. I don't know what your thoughts are, are, are about it. Do you think that Miami still can, you know, like, do you think there's anybody on their team that you would trade to get a star? Or do you think they need to build the draft and then try to, you know, take a run at it the following year? Look, as a, as a Heat fan for a long time, um, I'm, I'm kind of the guy that's just all in. Um, so I'm totally willing to trade whatever is needed to be traded in order to get someone that we really need to take that next step because I mean when you have a culture that Miami Heat have I feel like it's kind of championship or bust at this point like making the Eastern Conference final especially this year was great but I think we we have the potential to really take to really become that team the team in the east so I would be willing to trade a hero I'd be willing to trade a Robinson a Struess that's just me personally I know a lot of Heat fans out there would be like no never um so I think this year this offseason for the Heat is either whatever way we go, I think we'll be successful. Like you said, we could build through the draft. We can really develop our players. We can have Struce become an even better shooter. Have, like you said, I, one of the most frustrating things about this postseason was Duncan Robinson. I mean, you mentioned a 90 mil, 90 mil contract. I mean, he's a great, he's a great player. He was great fine diamond in the rough. He can shoot the heck out the ball. Um, he is a lack of, like he's a below average defender, but he's not a traffic cone. He can, he can get out there and play. His off-ball movement is great, and he really spaces the court for us, especially when we kind of needed that, you know, to open up the paint for a Bam who had trouble really scoring, especially against the Celtics. Uh, so, I mean, whatever whatever route we take, I, I have confidence in Spolstra. I have confidence in Riley. I think we're going to be even more successful next year. But when you look at the East, man, I mean, the Nets are going to be another year of chemistry. They, they still have KD, still got Kyrie. The Bucks, they're not going anywhere. Giannis is the best player in the league. He's probably going to be the best player in the league next year. 
Um, and then of course the Celtics, they, they might win it. They might win it all this year. And you know, that momentum's just going to carry over to next year. So I think if we really want to compete and we really want to have a chance, I think trading or somehow acquiring a star through our cap space is going to be the way to do it. Um, Lowry was great this year, especially during the regular season. People kind of forget, like he did have a lackluster season, but during the regular season, not only his leadership off the court and just the, the mentality he brought to our team that always helps the young guys, but he was, he was hooping this year. He really was he, as a, as a starting point guard, we overpaid for him a little bit, but like I said, I mean, that a lot of that money goes to the, the intangibles that he brings just as a veteran in this league. Um, I mean, and I think that hamstring really just hurt him. He just couldn't get his, couldn't get his rhythm back. It was just, it was, you could see it. It was clear. Um, and I think, I think uh, a kind of unsung hero of this series was Gabe Vincent. Um, I really liked what I saw out of him. He's our backup point guard for people who don't know. And he just, every, every time he came to the game, he kind of gave us a spark off the bench. And even the games that Lowry was hurt, he, he played pretty well in that starting role. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for his growth as well. And I think I, I would trade for a star. I try to get a Mitchell. I mean, I don't know. Embiid is obviously kind of way out there, but I think Mitchell is attainable. I think there's some other guys uh, that want out, maybe a Bradley Beal that could be obtainable. Just saying that's what I would do. But whatever we do, man, I got confidence and I'm looking forward to next season. Yeah, no. I, I, so it's funny, actually, everyone, I think, mentions Bradley Beal. And whenever I hear Bradley Beal's interviews, he always is so invested in the Washington Wizards. It's, it, it's just interesting to me because uh, I don't really uh, – and look, I, I get that he's trying to build the team up. I actually respect that. But I'm also, in the sense, I, I prefer guys to stay there and stick it out and try to build a franchise up. But when it's kind of a lost cause, I think, you know, you have the right as a player to, to move on. I think you brought up a good point about the East, though. Um, and you know me, I'm I, – and I, I, look, I, I did take pleasure in it. I, I know we talked about it, but – about the Nets, I I think the Nets chemistry has been a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really think Kevin Durant and Kyrie made uh, big mistakes. Uh, their teams are doing better without them. Um, do I think that's going to hurt and tarnish KD's legacy? Not really. I, you know, I think KD's a, a set in stone player. Um, I think a lot of guys are looking way too much into it. But I think the, the the thing is too is look, the Bucks didn't have Chris Middleton in that Boston series. Took them to seven games, right? So. Chris Middleton's a huge piece because he relieves stress he can, uh, off of Giannis. Giannis literally had to do everything in that series. Um, but I, I think people need to, you know, look, obviously Boston's really good, right? And I think Philly's going to be all right. I think, you know, Joel Embiid's great, but, you know, he can't stay healthy all the time, which is just a, a problem. And Harden, I don't know. I, I really am just really down on Harden. I mean, a lot of people are saying, and I'll ask you this, actually. This is a, a good segue. Um, there are people um, that think Harden deserves the Supermax, right? I'm not saying Harden doesn't deserve to get paid this offseason. Um, I think that's ridiculous. I just don't think he deserved the Supermax after he put up eight points in the final game against the Heat. Um, now, the Heat have one of the best defenses in the league. Credit to them. But Harden was average in the league in terms of blow-by rate. He looked slower. He just did not look very good. Uh, maybe it was his hamstring. I don't know. Um, but he just – he looked considerably worse compared to what he was in Houston, um, even even for part of the year with Brooklyn before the injury. So what are your thoughts on, I guess, the East overall and maybe even that question with James Harden and the Supermax a little bit? Yeah, uh, tackling that first part of the question, I, I mean, that the East is scary, bro. The East is scary. They, they, we're loaded. I think it's better than the West now. I think it's totally flipped. Um, 
And I mean, the, the Nets this year, they were a mess. They were an absolute mess. But another year in that system, now they don't have James Harden. There was a little bit of turmoil there. Um, and the, Katie and Kyrie, they might be able to just, they might be able to start clicking. Their bench, if they can get, a, they need a rim protector so bad. But if they can, if they can acquire some pieces in the offseason, I mean, with those two players, as skilled as they are, they can, there's no limit to where they could go. You mentioned the Bucs didn't even have Chris Middleton, went to game seven. Giannis had to carry that whole team on his back, and they almost pulled it off. Obviously, the Celtics are the Celtics. Um, and then going to the Sixers, I didn't even mention the Sixers um, because I don't think James Harden is the guy anymore. Obviously, three years ago, James Harden was a prolific scorer. And his defense, I, I always thought that James Harden's defense was a bit underrated. When he was engaged in, on the defensive end, he could, he could, he could hold his own. He, could hold, he wasn't an elite defender, but he could hold his own. Sometimes he would, he would uh, lose sight of things and kind of get lost in the game. But when he was engaged and he needed to, and he needed to get a stop, he, he was okay. He was okay. But now, I mean, you, you mentioned it, man. He, that first step just doesn't seem to be there. His confidence kind of, I, I don't, to take two shots in an elimination game in the second half, that just doesn't, it's a, that's not James Harden. Like, that's not James Harden at all. Uh, so I, I personally would not offer him a super max. I would pay him. I would keep him on the team. I still think he's a valuable guy. Another veteran in the league. He knows how to score, especially with someone like Maxi. Uh, someone that you could see, like Maxi can really develop into a star in this league. I think he really showed, he's been showing it uh last season and last postseason this entire regular season and then this week the Miami Heat had trouble stopping him in some games he was going out there getting 20 25 and I was I was a little worried about him so I think even keeping him to mentor Maxi to have him become uh his true like his true form with I mean that's that's valuable in and of itself but a super max I just I don't see it just because Harden's not the guy that you can count on to show up training camp in the best shape of his life He's just not, he's not that guy. It's not, it's not who he's ever been. He's had plenty of success being who he is, but that's just not who he is. So I think I would pay him, keep him on the roster, but a super max is just a bit, a bit out of the turn for me. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I, I think also one thing I think has been really shown heavily in the playoffs, this is gonna be a good segue into the, into the, I was talking the finals is coaching. I think coaching makes a huge difference. And I think a lot of people lose sight of that because of how talented players are. And look, the NBA guys have a lot more control over the team than the coaches do because they get paid more. And they exert a lot of influence on social media. They exert a lot of influence in the media, right? And whether that's good or bad, it's just it's just how it is, right? And I think a lot of times people think just because you have talent, you're going to be able to win an NBA championship. And I think really coaching has proven to be, to be the, the, the catalyst. I mean, I think Doc Rivers is not a bad coach, right? But I don't think he's a, a, an elite level coach like a Spostra, like that. Just because I, I look at their, the offense and it gets a little stagnant sometimes with Wind Philly. Um, I do think he's a better coach than people give him credit for because I think that he's, he does, he did motivate Joel B to become a, uh, more in shape. I think in terms of getting guys developed, he's very good at that. I just think X's knows he gets a little stagnant offensively. But I look at Spostra, right? Their, their ball movement is unbelievable, right? Spostra, I think. Having to inherit that big three with LeBron, D. Wade, and Bosh, and the the growth he's done as a coach since then. I mean, he's arguably the best coach in the league, arguably, right? I would put him and Steve Kerr probably in that class of best coaches in the league right now. And then you look at Kerr, obviously, great coach. You look at Ime Udoka, looks like he's going to be a fantastic head coach in this week. And you, the East across the board, I mean, Boone Hoser is a decent coach. Um, I, I really think that that's a, a case of you have Giannis and Middleton and Drew Holiday, and that kind of works out. 
Um, but I, I do think coaching has proven to be a big catalyst in the playoffs. And um, I was wondering, at least this is a segue to the finals. What did you see, I guess, from that game? Because obviously we're basketball guys. We can kind of break it down a little bit more for people who don't watch the game or you know play it like we do. But what did you see, I guess, from Boston that allowed them to get that huge advantage in the fourth quarter? I mean, was there anything specifically you saw and defensively or offensively that you know you looked at and said that was just something they can carry over and win the series with? Yeah, um, I would appoint it to just, and this isn't really the most basketball analytical take, but they were just sticking with it. And I think you could, I, I remember I was watching the game and in the first quarter, Curry, he shoots what, six or seven from three, he had like 21 in the first quarter, he's going off, you know what I mean? Just having a Stephen Curry type of night and Boston's only down four. And I remember seeing that. I'm like, oh, the Boston, like they they're in a great spot. Like if you can if you can withhold that run from Curry, six threes in a quarter, finals record, I think, um, at least for game one, and you're only down four points, that in and of itself says something. And I think they really just stuck with it. And to be honest, the Warriors looked gassed. They really did. Um, I mean, some of their role players. I mean, you look at Poole. What he had, he had I, I believe nine points. He shot like two for seven. Um, just a, just an off game from him, and I think I think he'll bounce back. He's proven all playoffs this year that he's he's an elite player. Uh, if if not their second option, definitely their third option as a scorer. Um, but he had an off night. Clay Thompson played he played okay, but he you know he's not he's not pre injury Clay Thompson. Simple as that. At least that not what I've seen from this playoffs. And I think Boston just really stuck with it. They have a lot of they have some role players. Uh, Derek White has been absolutely killing it this playoffs. He destroyed us on the heat. It was so frustrating watching him score 20 points because we were trying to shut down Tatum and Brown and Smart. And then this guy named Derek White goes off for 25. And you're just like, bro, like, I mean, and then, of course, Al, I mean, big Al, man, 35 years old, going out there and just playing his heart out. First NBA finals. I love to see it. I'm so happy for him. What, what is it? Like He has like 141 games. Of uh, 141 playoff games and no finals appearances, yeah, he goes something out like something like that, a record goes out in his first game and absolutely kills it. I'm so happy for him. I think it's just the depth of Boston. I really, I think the depth just, and I, I'm that's not saying that the Warriors can't uh, can't compete with that because obviously they're the Warriors. But I think at the end of the day, the Warriors look gassed, and Boston came out. They came out. They came out well. They didn't come out as hot as Curry and them, but. They just stuck with it all game. And then by the end of it, they just had more to give and it showed in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, that, that's a good, uh, good take. I, I think something I wanted to ask you about too. So I guess when I look at the Celtics, I think, so I picked them actually to win in seven, which is a minority pick. Obviously a lot of people pick the Warriors, right? I, um, I picked them in seven as well. So, so, so the reason I picked them, I think their length defensively is something the Warriors haven't experienced in the playoffs. And I think, the second point is the Warriors have played against teams who've had really only one star, if you think about it, right? Jokic, Morant, Luka. Boston's got two legit stars and a bunch of good role players. I just think that they can combat runs that the Warriors throw at them. I think also that's, a, that's approved. Robert Williams, Al Horford, the way, any way they want to go defensively, they, they can figure it out. Um, but you have to give, I mean, the Warriors are going to, I think, readjust and win tonight, but I guess, you know, what do you think about, I guess, the, the defensive length of the Celtics? Do you think, like, do you think, like me, that that's going to play a key role um, for the rest of the series on guys like Steph and Clay and Poole? Or do you, like, do you think Draymond is going to have to step up more offensively as a scorer? I mean, just, just like those kind of questions, I guess. 
Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I think you, I think once again, you hit the nail on the head. Um, there's the Warriors haven't seen someone like this in the playoffs, at least defensively. Um, I liked, I, I really like your take on the one star that they faced in each series. Um, the Nuggets, obviously, they just have Jokic, they had Jokic, they were injured. There was nothing. I mean, the fact that they got there, I think, was pretty impressive, um, at least where they were in the, in the seedings. And then if you look at the Memphis series, I think if Ja didn't get hurt, that would have been a very interesting series. Now, you can argue that Memphis plays just as well without Ja Morant, which is absolutely crazy. But Memphis is another team that is pretty deep. Now, they only have one star, like one superstar, and that is Ja Morant. But they have, I mean, they got Bain, Jaron Jackson, uh, Dylan Brooks, obviously, he had that he had that play that kept them out a couple games. But um, they're, they're another team that can really, like, eat, they have multiple guys that can give you 15 to 20 points a night. And they kind of struggled with that. It was their most intense series, at least until Ja Morant got hurt. And then you go to Luka, who obviously Luka had to carry that series. And, I mean, the Warriors went up 3-0 pretty easy. But, you know, you go back to the Celtics, I mean, they got they got guys on guys that can just play play elite level defense and they are really they are really long. They are all six, seven wings. I mean, you got Brown, who's an elite defender, Tatum, who has really increased or has really gotten better defensively throughout his career. Um, and I think a key thing about the Celtics is while they are like they have their Robert Williams, who can just defend the paint and really shut down Kevon Looney, like Robert Williams shut down Bam Adebayo in the Heat series, um, they can go small ball too. They really can't because they can throw Grant Williams, Grant Williams in at the five and counteract that the small ball that the Warriors kind of created way back when when they threw in uh, Draymond Green at the five. So they they're just a very versatile defense. They can give you length. They can give you small ball. They can give you fast pace. They can give you half court defense. Uh, so they they're just all around defensively, just a very strong team. That's what the Heat struggled with. Other than Jimmy Butler, there was no other guy that was giving us more than. 12 on a consistent basis bam gave us a couple 20 point games but other than that it was it was pretty it was it was a struggle fest so um i think i think you i think you covered it pretty well though i mean i think the warriors like you said i i do believe the warriors will bounce back i have them winning tonight uh but i think throughout the series it's going to prove that the warriors are going to have to make some adjustments and really get used to this team yeah um yeah that's, that's a good point uh i was also thinking about the fact that uh you know, I so the in the West, I was completely wrong when it came to, I guess, who was going to be in the Western Conference finals. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought Phoenix was going to be there, right? I think most people thought Phoenix was going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, look, I, I, I root for the younger guys in the NBA, I root for guys like Luca Booker. Just the, you know, obviously, you have you know, Tatum Brown right now, Jordan Poole, like you know, because that those that's the future of the NBA, right? You want to see that happen. I was shocked in game seven about how they performed. Um, shocked. I mean, you, you're losing by like 50 um, to the maps and you're at, you're at home. I mean, I just, I thought they were, they came out very lethargic. I thought that their defensive game plan on Lucas, that the switching with Aiden was a disastrous move because you're putting, even though Aiden, I think can move his feet. Well, Lucas just too smart and too skilled. He's just going to find a way to score. Um, I don't, you know, and, the Warriors, I thought, did a good job of just wearing him out, um, but no one really can stop him. Uh, it, he more can stop himself. That's why I think he needs to get in a little bit better shape so he can withstand that a little bit better. But I, I, I just, I don't know, what, what do you think the future of the Suns is? I, I, I know it's a different topic. I know we didn't think about this earlier, but when we were talking about that, I was just thinking about the fact that they just, they just blew that series. Um, obviously, you have to give Dallas credit for their small ball and their adjustments. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm, I'm a little worried about 
the, the future of it just because Chris Paul looks older. Um, and I know Booker's great, but Booker did not play well in those last two games ever since, ever since he really said the Luka special, he didn't play well. Um, <laughs> it it kind of made it, reminded me of Clay Thompson back in 2016 with LeBron. Mm. Um, but without regard to that, I just want to ask you, what do you think the future of the Suns is? Because you have the Nuggets, you have the Clippers, you got the Warriors next year, the Mavs are going to be better, the Grizzlies. I mean, I, I just... I don't see, I don't know if the Suns can get, I mean, I think the Suns can be contenders. I just don't think they're going to be NBA finals team unless Booker and Aiden take that next step. Yeah, no, uh, I, I love the NBA right now. I absolutely love it. Cause you just listed off five teams in the West that are just so much fun to watch and they're so young. Uh, I mean, it, it's just awesome. The NBA is amazing right now. Uh, but regarding the Suns, man, I think Aiden has to take the next step. Watching that Mavs series, when the Mavs went small ball, I, there is no one on the court that should have been able to stop DeAndre Aiden from just going down there and absolutely dominating around exactly. the back. <laughs> there was no one. Uh, there was no one. I mean, even like Dwight Powell. I mean, DeAndre Aiden should eat his lunch. It's just not even a question. And I know he's. I know he's a young player. It's what his third, fourth year. I, I forget. But he, he's still relatively young. Year, he has yeah. time. To, yeah, he has time to take that next step. But when you're in a game seven like that you, I mean, it's, it's go time. That's, that's the biggest moment. Everyone's watching that game. Everyone's looking for you to step up and they just, they just didn't do it. Um, I think Devin Booker is a heck of a player. I think he can lead a team to a championship. I think he proved that last year. Uh, they were pretty close to defeating the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks, I think were just better, just more, more, they were just had a better squad, uh, especially with Giannis playing like that. I don't think anyone is going to beat him. Uh, but I, yeah, but I think Devin Booker, uh, I think Devin Booker can do it. Chris Paul, he's he's interesting. Uh, he's one of the greatest point guards of all time. Got to give him his roses. But I mean, his age is starting to show, man. He can ha he can go out there and he can hoop, give you twenty and ten. But he can he can also go out there and be an absolute no show. And that like as a starting point guard, getting so much like getting paid what he is getting paid. I mean, you just got to be a bit more consistent. That's, I mean, even if like the, the highs aren't as high, but as long as the lows aren't as low, I think that's going to be a huge step for them. Um, but they, they got some good pieces, man. I think with, when it came down to the Mavs game, I think you hit it. Like, I, I think you, I think you nailed it. Um, DeAndre Ayton just could not guard Luka Doncic. He couldn't. I think when you have a defensive prowess like Mikhail Bridges, I think Mikhail Bridges is one of the best three and D guys definitely the best defender on that team. You got to keep him on Luca, whatever, like you got to, got to do what you can because Aiden was getting torched. The only yeah. person, the only big I've seen guard Luca somewhat consistently is Kevon Looney. And that's why the Warriors were able to win that series because every time Kevon Looney switched on, Luca had trouble. I don't know what it is. He was just something about his length and his quickness and his agility was able to. I think there's more, I think it was more just the intelligence standpoint. I'm not saying Aiden's a smart player. I just think mm -hmm. that Kevon Looney's been three plays with guys like Draymond. I just think that kind of made a difference. That's a great point. And he's been, he's been in the league longer, obviously. And I think the Warriors system is just a bit more established and a bit more like, it's just probably better than the Suns. Um, I still think the Suns uh, can be contenders. I don't think they'll be favorites, especially with the Warriors looking the way they are. Right. Um, I'd, the sun, the Suns is even tougher than like let's say the Heat because there is if you keep that Suns team the way it is right now, I don't think they can. I don't think they can make the championship at all. No, I don't either. So they would either have to get rid of Chris Paul, which I don't think would be a terrible thing. I mean, he's a great he's a great player. I think they could trade him to a lower a lower organization. 
that would love him and absolutely adore him. And they could get some valuable assets back, whether that's draft capital, um, getting rid of that contract or just uh, another good player. And I think, I think, I think DeAndre Ayton can take the next step. I think Booker is pretty much what he's going to be, which is a great player. But if DeAndre Ayton takes the next step and they have that like elite shooting guard and elite center, I think they can, I think they can make a run. I don't know they would be favorites, but I think I think the future is still bright. It's not like over for the Suns, anything like that. Yeah, I, I think the the only there are a couple of things I have issues with with the Suns. One is, look, this is not a shade at Chris Paul, the great player he is. The, his playoff resume, unfortunately, is not great. He doesn't come up big in big moments. Um, game six against the Clippers last year in the Pelican series this year, he played great, but he did run out of gas. I think Alvarado actually had a huge thing to do with that, actually, to be honest. I really think that made a difference. But, I mean, you're just going to look at the, at the notable playoff losses where he's been up 2-0 and lost it. It's just that, that doesn't that doesn't look good. I'm not saying Chris Paul's at, at fault for all those series because, it's it, you know, as I, I kind of hate when people say it's one guy's fault for losing a series when in basketball, as we know, is a team game, mm-hmm. right? So that's my first issue. I think the second thing I have, and obviously, you know, you know, we – you know, when you're in a competitive fire, you talk trash or anything like that, right? But I think it's – I think the front running they have is a little bit of a problem for me. Um, I think that they start talking trash when they're, you know, the, when they're winning games and then you have Luca saying everyone acting tough when they up. <laughs> um, exactly. And I, I knew the series is over after that point um, because, you know, I, I think, you know, look, I love Booker's competitive fire. I just think sometimes, you know – Young players, especially like, like I've, I've, I felt victim this, obviously you've been around and you know this, like, it's just, you know, you, you talk trash and sometimes you, you, you inspire a guy in the wrong direction. who's a little bit of a crazy competitor. Yeah. Um, so um, I think, it, I think that's just it's something that I looked at, but I guess, you know, um, what, what other, um, I guess, NBA stuff are you more interested in looking at, I guess, but for me, I'm really excited to see what the Nuggets look like next year. Yes. Um, because they get Murray back, they get Porter Jr. back with Jokic. Um, look, I know people are angry about Embiid not winning MVP. I would have picked Embiid to win MVP, but Jokic winning it, I don't think is that big of a deal. Like, I, I think people were like, that was a big mistake. I'm like, he had a great year and he played well in the playoffs. I mean, he, he averaged 30 points a game as that Warriors team. So I guess that's where I want to end it. Where, where, what are you looking for, forward to besides maybe your Miami Heat? Like, what other things are you looking forward to? What are you excited about there? Yeah, of course. Then, you know, Heat fan all the way, baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I, I think the Nuggets are going to be such, they're going to be very interesting to watch because Jamal Murray in the bubble was different. He was a different animal. He was, I remember the Utah Jazz Nuggets series, he was averaging like 40 points. Like he, he's a legit, he's a legit player in this league. And I think people for, people forget it with every player uh, whenever they get hurt. Uh, but especially with Jamal Murray, he's really going to he's really going to add something to that Nuggets team. You mentioned Michael Porter Jr. He's going to be a nice third piece. And I think Aaron Gordon, um, Aaron Gordon is like if he's the fourth option, I think he struggled this year, but he was the second option on that team. If he's the third or fourth option, I think he could really he could really try. He could be like an Andrew Wiggins on the Warriors, you know, really take take the right type of shots contribute he could give you 20 a game he's he's athletic enough he's skilled enough um and he could be a very efficient player and he could, he could play good defense but with that core four of murray mpj Jokic, and gordon they could they could really they could really do something um and so i'm very excited to see them um going i mean I, like like you said i'm excited to see memphis next year 
um, I think John Morant is just going to continue to get better and better. Um, I'm excited to see Desmond Bain. I think he can even continue to improve. And I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is ready to take the next step too. I've watched him in the playoffs, especially without uh, John Morant. And he's he's young. He made some like key mistakes, especially down the stretch. But I mean, that's what that's what young players do. You know what I mean? He's going to learn. He's going to continue to get better and better. So I think Memphis is going to be uh, very tough as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a good time to be an NBA fan right now. There's so many young players, so many players, un even under 25, that are just elite, looking to looking to make their name. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, and um, you know, really appreciate all the insight you have. And obviously, looking forward to the the Heat's future. It'll be exciting to see. Hopefully. Hopefully my Knicks can at least get into a play in next year. Probably not, but we'll see. <laughs> but, uh, but no, but thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. Hey, who you got tonight? Who you got tonight? Uh, I told you Warriors. You got the Warriors? All right, mm -hmm. cool. And we got Celtics. We both got Celtics in seven. Both got Warriors tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see, how, see how it goes, you know. Great minds think alike, brother. <laughs> yeah, you know, trying our best out here. <laughs> um, all right, buddy. All right, cool. Thank you so much.